Welcome back to the Extreme Makeover Temple Edition, Laws of Beis HaBechira. We're studying about the Holy Temple, the Beis HaMikdash. And where we left off last year, we were talking about the grades of sanctity. In previous episodes, we spent a lot of time narrating the Rambam's approach, namely that these distinctions, the ten holiness levels of Eretz Yisrael, are ultimately all about the proper awe and reverence for the Beis HaMikdash, the Holy Temple, God's chosen home. This in and of itself comprises a biblical mitzvah. However, there are no example in the Torah of ten different grades of holiness. So for the most part, we were talking about many, many rabbinically imposed restrictions a system put in place by our sages so that we, the Jewish people, might properly respect and offer reverence before Hashem's holy home. In the last episode, when we talked about the area between the Mizbeach and the Ulam, the building of the temple itself, we experienced a shift. So, here is a floor plan of the Beit HaMikdash. We learned about the Ezrat Nashim, the Ezrat Yisrael, and the Ezrat Kohanim. Now, in our previous episode, we talked about the Mizbeach Arena. That's this area, right here. We're about to ascend these stairs and walk into the door. This is the next level holiness. This is called, in the Rambam's language, HaHechel. And so, as we continue, if you're following along inside, it's Hilchus Beis HaBechidah, the laws of God's holy or chosen home, Chapter 7, today we are going to study a pithy halacha, which has quite a bit of fascinating information packed into it. It's the 21st halacha in the 7th chapter. And the Rambam says the following, quote, Ha-heichol mikudosh mibain ha-ulam v'lamizbeach. The area of the temple building is holier than the area or arena of the altar, that which was between the altar and the entrance hall. Where, where do we see that? Like, in, in what way is it expressed? In what way is it, it, does that practically apply? This, of course, is the question. We're learning halacha. So you could talk about levels of holiness and fly around in the sky, but on a practical level, if you want to make a statement that something is holier, you'd have to qualify that. What practical difference does this higher holiness mean? How does it translate into the way we comport ourselves? That's a great question. And of course, this is exactly what the Rambam is going to address now. He says the proof that this is holier and the practical example of its added holiness is that only a person who has washed hand and foot is allowed to enter into this new area that we are about to penetrate, the building of the temple itself. Now, when the Rambam makes this statement, he says that this area is more sacred than the Mizbeach arena, you must know 
that this in and of itself is a dispute in the Mishnah. The Mishnah is found in Mesechet Kalim. And in the end of the first chapter, we have almost verbatim the Rambam's rulings here. After we hear about the Heichal being Mikudash, more so than the Mizbeach Arena, because you have to be of washed hand and foot to enter, the Mishnah says Rabbi Yossi taught that there were five things in which the Ulam Vala Mizbeach was Shavala Heichal. That is to say, this Mizbeach Arena between the altar and the meeting hall and the Heichal itself, this is the meeting area and this is the Heichal itself. So there were five areas in which they were identical. They were treated in the same fashion. And one of those is the concept of you needed to have washed hand and foot to be in this space. Well, the, the Radvaz points out that the Rambam clearly doesn't agree with Rabbi Yossi. He says, Pasak deloike Rabbi Yossi. Ella, rather, he follows the opinion of the majority of sages of the Rabbonon, Bishtei Kedushot Ninhu. These are two separate laws or two separate areas of sacred scrimmage. Now, when we talk about the Heichal, do we speak about the actual sanctuary, the place where the menorah, the small golden altar, and the table with the showbread were, or do we talk about the foyer, or the opening meeting area too, which is called the, the ulam? The other part is called the Heichal. So, the Tosfos Yom Tov, in his commentary on Mesechet Kalim, says clearly, because we use the word heichal, and it's like an inclusive, we're not using the word ulam veheichal. He says, kolomar ha'ulam vehaheichal. We're talking about the entire building area. The kedushat ulam veheichal, choda kedushahu. The Teisus Yamtov says they're one holiness. So going back to the floor plan, that is to say, according to the words of the Tosfos Yamtov, despite the fact that this, where my finger is now, represents the actual Heichel, and this is only the Ulam, the outer area, nonetheless, because it's all encircled with this wall, so it's considered to be a single scrimmage, a single area of sanctity. Ulam and Heichel are conflated. They're both included together. And here, my dear friends, becomes the big question. Is this a biblical idea, or is this a rabbinic idea? So before we address that, I want to point out something else, which is a little bit strange. In the set of halachot that follows, can I make the camera a little brighter, a little higher? I actually can't, I'm sorry. But I can lower this if you want. So this gives you a sense of, of where the mizbech and ulam is, and um, now you see what you're missing. All right, and I'm going to pick it. Here it goes, I'll make it a little lower so you see the whole picture, and then I'm going to take it back up again. Maybe in the next class I'll have it on a lower chair. Okay, so he, here's the, the thing that, that kind of perplexed me. There's a set of halachot, which is called biat hamigdash, coming into the laws that governing entering the temple. And over there, it says, in the second halacha of the second chapter, kol ha-kohanim, all of the kohanim are forewarned that they are not allowed to enter the Kodesh or the Kodesh HaKadoshim. Now, mind you, a regular Kohen can never enter the Kodesh HaKadoshim, but that's next episode. Shalom b'shat avodah. They're never allowed to come when they're not serving in the Beis HaMikdash. As it says, v'al yavo b'chol et el ha-Kodesh. This is a 
pasuk, a verse which is found in Leviticus 16, verse 2, and it includes the entire building. So I was like a little confused here. If you're not allowed to enter into the building unless you're doing avodah, well, that's a separate halacha, that when you do avodah, you have to have washed your hands and feet. It doesn't make this area more sacred. It's not about the specific coordinates or geography. It's about the activity. This is a place where you're not allowed to enter if you're not doing avodah. Furthermore, I ask myself, why wouldn't the Ramam say that ha'echal mekudosh mimenu because you're not allowed to go there unless you're doing avodah. He doesn't say that. So I tried to, try to understand this. And then I discovered something very interesting. The Tosfus Yomtev says something very interesting after he gives his original comment about the being one sanctity. He goes on to prove from the fact that the Rambam left out certain details which are found, and the Mishnah also leaves out certain details which are found earlier, he makes the following suggestion. He says that there is a possibility of entering the Heichel not for the purpose of formal service to God, formal Besamigdash activity. What could that be? And he says this would be via Shlomar, perhaps we're speaking about the time when a Kohen might enter pa'omim nichnosim l'takein. Sometimes a Kohen would go there to make repairs. Aha, and you're going to say, if there's no Kohen available, we choose a Levite. If there's no Levite available, we might choose a regular Israelite. True enough. However, we prefer that it be a Kohen who's eligible for the service. And if the Kohenim are going to enter to perform some kind of repair, so the Kohenim Nechnosen Letaken is Osur Shaloi Rechutz Yodayim V'raglayim. And this we can see that it actually is not only about the service being performed, not only about the job one is discharging or the obligation one's involved in, but we're actually zeroing in on the specific geography, the coordinates, the location, the space itself. Even if you're not going for the purpose of avoda, you are not allowed to enter unless you washed your hands and feet first. Incidentally, for those of you who are wondering about the hand and foot, I'll just tell you that in the fifth chapter of the laws of Biyat HaMikdash, the Rambam describes a whole slew of halachot that revolve around this mitzvah. And in the 16th halacha, he says, so how do you do that? What is hand and foot washing? And I'll just share with you that he says there, Meniach yodo hayamanit agabe raglo hayamanit. So you're basically standing like a flamingo on one foot and your right hand is on your right foot and you have the water splash over it. And then, yado hasmalit, aragli hasmalit, then you're standing on your right foot and you wash hand and foot in the same way. And it says, v'shocha umekadesh. You bow down and you lower yourself and you sanctify. And this is um, really a, a, a subject in and of itself. What, what exactly the wash basin was how, how the wash basin was used, what it was used for, and, 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 and where, when did this take place. This is beyond the purview of, of our specific class. We're talking about the added level of sanctity. And this brings me to the final subject for today, and that is, is it biblical? Is it actually biblical? So the 15th century, Rabbi Yosef Kurkus, who was a great Spanish sage, 
who ends up going across North Africa, lives in Egypt, and in the end moves to Jerusalem. So he commented on the areas of Mishnah Torah that the Magad Mishnah, that Vidal of Toulouse, did not comment on. So he says here the following. He says, from the words of the Rambam, it seems, the afilo abiorekonis, even if you enter not for the purpose of doing avodah, you just entered the Hechal, but you did so without having washed hand and foot prior. He says, in that case, Ika Kapeda, the Torah would say, hey, you weren't allowed to do that as well. Entering into the Beis Hamigdash area, the building itself, without having washed hand and foot, would constitute a violation. And he says something fascinating. It is true that you wouldn't be obligated or wouldn't violate. You're going to walk across the camera, thank you. You wouldn't be obligated unless you... You do, you're just fine there, unless, unless you, 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 you go there without doing work, so that's a, that's a problem. You're not allowed to do that. And if you do the work of the Beit HaMikdash without having washed hand and foot first, then it's a capital punishment, by God, that is. He says, true, this wouldn't be as severe a consequence. However, it would still be prohibited. And therefore, it would seem that this would also constitute a biblical violation. So according to the Rikorkos, it's very clear that we speak here about a biblical violation in the Minchas Chinuch on his commentary on Mitzvah 106. Minchas Chinuch wants to say uh, something very similar. And uh, the, the upshot is this. We are certainly speaking about what could be called a sacred scrimmage that has biblical ordination attached to it. Because even though the Torah doesn't narrate a, 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 an area, a coordinate, a geography that's considered more sacred, because the Torah is putting greater restrictions, it's self-understood that this is a higher level of sanctity and holiness. And that's what we're going to be studying today. Thank you so much for joining. May our study of Beis Migdash realities become a reality in our world with the coming of Mashiach, the Mehera, will be a menu, a main Thank you. To be continued.